Metaphor time. Metaphor you time. have a giant fucking farm full of crops, and you're going to spray the whole thing down with pesticides that are going to kill half the crops. You're going to kill all the weeds, but at the same time, it's like, just make a fucking weed killer that doesn't kill the crops. Yes. That's what I want. Yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast, the show dedicated to talking about all the progress things in life, like music, content creation, and video games. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jesse Kazam. Uh, and I'm Veritas, and I have nail polish on. Oh! My wife, my my wife, uh, we were hanging out this morning, and she was like, I want to do your nail polish. I want to do nail polish. And I'm like, she's like, please. And I gave in. And then she had like 500 colors on the table, and I was like, Black is the only acceptable. <laughs> like I, and then she wanted to put on some like holographic sparkly. Th- I'm like, yes, we, dude. We gotta, we if yeah, we gotta ease into this. Yeah, black plus, you know, a little sparkle, a little glitter would make it look make it look great. I should have put on some like eyeliner. You should have seen if she could have done like a V on the thumbs, the little logo. You know what I mean? How many letters are in? Very I don't know that she's got the uh, the. The digital dexterity. To... <laughs> yeah, paint a picture on my thumbnail. Emo's not dead, bro. I used to, yeah, I used to, I used to sharpie my fingernails because I didn't have nail polish. Really? <laughs> yeah. Damn, this is the first time I've ever had anything on my nails. And actually, it started because oh, I had a fucking slice. My nail got split, and it's been like that for six months. Oh. So I was like, we got like super glue or some shit you can put on here. She's like, oh, yeah, let me do your nails. That's a <laughs> that's how it happened. Yeah, dude, I used to like dude. I was I was at the goth emo. Well, more emo than goth, but I would sharpie the nails, dude. I let my girlfriends put eyeliner on. I used to have really long hair. I would straighten it and dye it black. It was crazy. Respectfully dude. requesting photograph There's evidence. Like, we pulled them up on stream before. I need to I need to send you, bro. I was a yeah. Oh my I had God. shoulder length hair that I would straighten with a with a straining iron every single morning. It was parted in the middle and it was I can actually see that. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It was walk around with your head down and just like the ring <laughs> girl. <just laughs> yeah, basically. With the big ass, not Jinkos, but like the black pants that oh get, yeah, like, super wide. wide yeah, yeah. With, like I think they had chains or like straps or yeah. some shit. I never right, got wow. that far, but I wanted to. I wanted a wallet with the chain, of course. Good so, yeah, fast soon. forward to 2022. Yeah. Uh, oh, shit. And I got It's my sister's birthday. It just occurred to me as I look at the date. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, what's going on, man? Dude, not much. Not much. Just uh, playing a lot of Tarkov. Being sad a Ooh. lot. No, I'm just kidding, dude. I freaking saw. You were like, you're like, let me hop into Tarkov and and just you know a few raids before the podcast, get everything nice and fresh. <laughs> you did two factory raids. I saw the one where you spawned in, you turned around, and there were two naked people with shotguns, and you killed one, and the other one killed you. Level four helmet, level four or five armor. I don't, I forget what I was even wearing. A fucking decked out M4 with 60 rounders full of 995, Propital, Salewa, and one mouse click of the button. Yeah. Four seconds into a raid. Honestly, That's... I was like, I'll do one raid because we had like six minutes. Yeah. And I fit two in with Q time. 
and it's crazy because like yeah the um this like it was so quick that second raid it was literally like you just turned around that's all you did that was all the movement you did you just turned around it's crazy to me still that that's a thing on factory because we they added the whole expansion and a bunch of spawns but they only added one additional player to the map and it's like when you think about it, like that's half the lobby that was a two man and you in four seconds half of the entire lobby with all that and you know somebody was down at forklift you know what i mean like you know yeah. somebody was down there so there was more than half the lobby but like in four seconds half the lobby was taken care of and i know it's a small map but ugh, those spawns are so rough i almost feel like they need to make it like four players you can only go in solo and you spawn in and there's like seven scavs already you know dude like, yeah yeah it just doesn't i don't know that it makes sense that you can like five men into factory or whatever like yeah which know. is crazy because like i've never i never really run into five mans on factory like i i've been this has been the wipe that i've been like getting back and finding my love for factory again like if i'm solo waiting for a duo to hop on or something i'll just like play some factory and it's it's like reserve I, it's either really really fun or really really not fun like two two times in a row i died a flechette i'm off factory like I'm, I'm done with it but if you go like you know 10 11 raids with like a cool a fun kit it's so much fun but it's just well that's what what what's crazy to me is that the most common the most common setup is like a solo a two-man a two-man and a solo that's six and everybody still spawns on top of each other it's not like mm -hmm. a solo a solo and a four-man and of course all the four the four-man spawns on top of each other it's like four different squads and three of them are all like looking at each other when it fades from black. Like there's 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 enough space on factory. There's three different floors over here. There's a whole basement system. There's a bunch of new spawns. I've had a bunch of new spawns, but it still for some reason puts 80% of the lobby. Four of the six players are all gonna be within like touching distance within the first 10 seconds. I just don't get there's it. There's no there's no way that they there's no way that they don't use the same spawn system, whatever algorithm they use yeah. for factory as they do with all the other maps. Yeah. Um, which I mean, don't work great for other maps, but if I were them, I would, there's a small, there's only a finite number of combinations, right? Yeah. There is, is there five or six people? I think six now with the expansion six. So like you literally can only have six solo players, one, sorry, six solo players is one. Yeah. Five solo, four solo players and a, a duo. duo. Uh, two, two trios. Th two trios, a trio, a duo, and a solo. A trio, solo, solo. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's like a, a really small yeah. number. It's not hundreds of, of combinations. It's like 10 so or 15. So they should just fucking hard code the spawns. And they could easily come up with, for every combination, four different four different oh, yeah. layouts so that would have a, enough overlap that you couldn't instantly like right now you know where everybody spawned you know that if yeah. you spawn in fork and you look down glass hallway i know that there if there's one person in glass hallway i know there's one person around the left yep. breach door if there's nobody on either of those places then Almost definitely someone spawned over in like gate one or whatever yep. the fuck is the old Xville. Yep. Um, and a lot of times if you spend the first 10 seconds and you hear nothing, a lot of times there's like a there's three a or huge four man squad, that yep. spawned over there. So 
you already know where everybody is pretty quickly. You can yeah. infer it. If they did what I'm talking about, first of all, they could more efficiently, like you would never have forklift around the hallway and a glass and hallway. Glass You'd never hall. have that. You you could just explicitly say if someone spawns in, um, someone spawns fork. I mean, I really just, I, I wish I cared enough right now yeah. to do my video on spawns because I would come up, there's a whole algorithm, there are a million different algorithms they could use yeah. where you have a whole tree system where a tree in computer science is like a node with like multiple yeah. connectors yeah and then and all the node is it can be whatever the fuck you want but in this case it would represent a spawn and yeah. you could easily just make an algorithm that says if you're if you spawn a person in this node any adjacent nodes are off limits and then search the tree yeah. until you get a non-off limit node and spawn there and then yeah and honestly, like, because I was thinking the same thing where, like, what you were saying was, like, if the if you hard-coded it, it would be predictable. And it's like, if I spawned here and I didn't see anyone there, I would know, like, oh, this this is the spawn where it's like a two-man, a three-man. Like, there are ways around that, which is what you're saying, like, do a f multiple variations. But even if there weren't, I'd rather that, right? Like, right now, what we have is within 30 seconds, it doesn't matter if you're figuring out where everybody is because most of the time within 30 seconds, the whole raid is over. Like the whole map is dead. I'd rather like know where the people are and have time to like, how am I going to like then choose a tactic? Oh, I'm going to go this way because maybe they'll go this way. Oh, they didn't go this way. They went this way. And it's like, now we're actually in a fight. So it's like, even though there are ways around that, that would still be better than what we have, which is just like this cluster in the first 10 seconds, 85% of the time. Yeah, and now, yeah, exactly. Now we it breaks the rule around it shouldn't be predictable, but you have no time to react. So um, that was like another criteria that, that basically like if I was to build a system, it would have to meet, it would, it would be reasonably unpredictable. Yeah. You know, like if you played a million raids and you did a fucking statistical analysis of all of the spawns, which you can't know yeah. if you're just a single player, then yeah, sure. You could probably reverse engineer their fucking algorithm. Yeah. Um, but, um, but there are like, there are additional requirements that I would put into the system or the design yeah. to make a sufficiently good spawning system. And one of them would be don't spawn anybody in a place where they only have one or two means of moving yeah you don't you shouldn't corner someone if you spawn them right out of the gate you should yeah spawn them where so like if you spawn over by breach door you can go towards glass you can go out the door you can go in the door and down below you can go down the back hallway like i mean that's still kind of a sketchy area but at least there's multiple ways to go there's if options. you spawn forklift you have two seconds <laughs> yeah there's no way if if someone spawns in glass or around the corner and they come that towards you, there's no way 
Yeah. It's impossible to avoid a fight. Especially since they spawn you in the room, in the back room. Like if they actually spawned you next to the forklift, you could get By the down, blinking red light. Yeah, you could get down the stairs. Like, because you know how there's the, the factory office key, the extract. You could at least get down those stairs and like initiate a flank because you could just jump right there. But because you spawn in the back room and in the back of the room, even if you hit it, take a propotol and start running, the glass hall people, all he has to do is lean. And he could see you coming out of there. So it's like mm -hmm. you have nothing if you're there. Yeah. Yeah. So, there, I mean, and, and that problem exists on a lot of other maps, too. It does. It's, it's why it's why like think about reserve. You spawn all the way in the outside corner of the map. Yep. Oh, God, never mind. I'm not going to fucking bother even with call outs. But th there's where you spawn there and then you spawn over by the exfil with the players and the scabs. Yeah. And but like. Yeah, in that general area. Yep. I think it's on the other side of the building from where that exfil is. Yeah. But it's like you can run a little bit and look left and you'll see someone running from the corner to the fucking pawn buildings or yeah. whatever. And you know how many times I've just died from there? Yep. Like there's a bunch. And then even there's a one of the spawns on dome, like not on dome, but up that mountain. It's not at the dome. It's actually if you're looking down at reserve, you're to the right a little bit. I, one of my favorite clips of all time is I was like arguing with this guy in chat about like the spawns and stuff like that. And I was just like, I was loading into reserve rate and I was just like, I just don't think Nikita wants a world where I could spawn in and know exactly where an enemy is and kill him. I said that the countdown went zero. I spawned up at the mountain. I was like, like this. I jumped up on the rock, looked through my Valde. I saw the guy running from spawn and I shot him. It was like his, his raid was six seconds. And I was like, it's it like so there's like that corner spawn. There's so many different spawns that can corner you. Now they don't always choose to. If somebody's going here for a quest, going here for glue hard, going here, it's the illusion of like, all oh, the spawns aren't that bad. But it's like when you spawn in this particular spawn, if this guy wanted to spawn push and this guy wanted to spawn push and this guy wanted to spawn push all of them can see you in less than five seconds. And that's mm -hmm. super unfair because you could never address all three of those threats in five seconds, right? Like you have to, at this point, you're just playing roulette on like, I'm going to go this way and hope that this guy doesn't want to spawn push you. But I've even thought about that with like, because I played, I was playing a lot of reserve the other day. I was basically like, I had a daily to survive five times, which I don't really care about the daily, but I was basically just trying to like force myself to love reserve and like I had some of the most fun and the most frustrating raids there. But like, like that map is so big and I know that it spawns more than six players, but it's just, uh, it's just like it, it, it's almost intriguing to me that there's a spawn problem. Do you think it like has anything to do with the fact that it, it the game really wants you to spawn on the edge of the map? Like it used. Yeah. Yeah. So, so here's what happens is it, I, I, my assumption is right just based on like my deductive yeah. reasoning is they prioritize this i mean most of these spawns at least historically it's it's changed a little bit in like the last year but historically they were all on the outside of the map and even then like on customs they weren't if it's like a big oval it was on one skinny side and the other skinny side of the oval there was nothing yeah. on the sides because all the stuff was in the middle. They didn't want anybody to be too close. Yeah. They since moved some of those things. So like you spawn pretty close to dorms. Yeah. Um, and they can do like, that's something they can do if the loot is more distributed and, and all those yeah. other things. But my assumption is, is it's 
almost entirely random. Um, they they grab a person and put them in a spawn, and then like they grab another person and put them in yeah another spawn. And yeah, I don't know. It's all it needs to be is, and they could even make it even dumber where. The algorithm is take a person, put them in a spawn. It doesn't matter where it is. Yeah. Have a shit ton of spawns, right? Like they could, and they could even put like within an area, you can spawn in seven different places within a hundred square feet. Like it does. Why does it have to be right here yeah. every time? They could put a bunch of little points, but all you need to do is say, if someone spawns here, that spawn has a reference to a bunch of adjacent spawns they could even hard code it and it wouldn't be hard to say these spawns are all disqualified yeah if somebody's and then here you, and then you take the next person or the next group and you randomly roll the dice and it's like seven grab the seventh one as long as it's not disqualified put them there yep and as long as you have enough spawns which on every map every yeah. map is big enough which the maps that. are big yeah um that's the way to do it and it's fucking brain dead simple yeah and because i was thinking about that while playing reserve i was like it and, and i understand it based on the way it used to be like you know back when find and raid wasn't a thing and you know you could put anything in your secure container you could sell anything on the flea i understood that like they wanted to keep people away from high tier loot and you know what i mean being able to get there in a few seconds but they've kind of like cornered themselves out of that being an issue anymore because a like a lot of the ones like on customs like there are two like god spawns for dorms you know what i mean like there are they've moved to the spawns enough that it's like well this guy is going to get there and then with all the changes that they've made the loot is like more dynamic and more distributed than it's ever been where like you know you can find ledexes and stuff and, and like and gold change like there's more treasure items and bitcoin spawns in like random places now that and also trash items are worth and, bolts dude, and stuff have yes, value yeah and so, like, that just isn't really an issue anymore, at least to me, I, not as much as it used to be. The worry that if this guy got here, then all the good loot is gone. Almost every map now, it's like, a, like, dorms is often dead now. People don't fight in dorms. They fight in crack no house or they fight in um, fortress or RUAF is a hotspot because that extract is always open and, you know, construction, like, they don't. It's it's really interesting. So the loot is distributed enough, I feel like, on lots of maps, especially like uh, Woods and Interchange and stuff like that. And Reserve. Reserve used to be like when Reserve came out, it was what Lighthouse is now, where it was just like military tech loot everywhere. But it's like Reserve is so big. Like, would it really be that terrible to spawn in one of the night buildings or on the third floor of Pawn or underground or like, you know what I mean? Something... Because the, it, the maps are so big, but basically because of what you just laid out, it feels like there are a finite places to spawn because they want everybody at the edge of the map. And at that point, it's like no matter how many points you put at the edge of the map, if everybody spawns at the edge of the map, you can probably spawn look to your left. There's 70 spawns between you and the guy. It doesn't matter which one he got. Everyone's at the edge of the map so you can see mm -hmm. him. So like now that the loot is much more distributed and much harder to sell unless you actually extract with it in a raid... It kind of feels like there's a little bit there should be there could be a little bit more leeway of spawning people throughout the map. And that would open up, I mean, literally thousands of potential like pinpoint places that would work in that tree. And then it just feels better. And then if there's 
thousands of potential spawns or hundreds of potential spawns, but only 12 people. Well, now we start to get into, it's like really dynamic. Sometimes you'd get the bum luck of like, you spawned in this building, this guy spawned over here. He wasn't close, but he needed something in that building and you ran into him really early. But it, I feel like it would be much less often and much less predictable. I don't, I would mind a lot less dying early in a raid if both of us ran into each other very unexpected. But right yeah. now, all the times I die really early, it's because I know and he knows where we are and he gets the shot off on me. Like, that wasn't an unexpected encounter on Factory. You turned around and you were like, there's going to be a guy here. Oh, no, there's two guys here. Oh, the second guy killed me. You know what I mean? So so even when you got that unlucky thing, it wouldn't be as frustrating because it wasn't like the dude just knew and was hunting you down. It was just unexpected. And it was just an early yeah. fight. Yep. Yeah. Um, it, it, and what you what you said before made me uh, just think of an idea. So think about when we talked about open world back in the day and like what it could be like. Yeah. Um, that was a, a lot of, I think, some of the things that, that bothered people was the idea that like if I want to go farm marked room like i like i do now which was yeah. a year and a half ago if i spawn into a raid an hour in there's no way like before it used to be whoever spawns next to marked room loots marked room yes because everybody had a marked key yeah but imagine if when marked key is as rare as it is now um or you know even much less rare yeah um or even much more rare uh think about given the economy of like keys and stuff now you could spawn in two hours late into an open world yeah. map and still be able to loot the thing yeah that you were looking for um so like the rareness of the, the rarity of of items i think contributes to spacing out the air the hot spots yeah um more because it's not just everybody has access to everything so you're going to go to the top one or two places yep. whatever's closer now it's like two people might have to open up room 214 for a quest one guy might come an hour later and he wants to kill Rashala or see if Rashala's around and or loot marked room yeah maybe one other person wants to loot marked room but you know, within a two or three hour period, if if marked keys are as rare as they are today, chances are you're going to be the only yeah. guy there. You are going to make a trek from shoreline into customs yeah. to go do the mark, you know, and, and as long as the loot wasn't complete and utter dog shit, you don't want to find Taw's yes. ammo yes. and uh, Makarov. And I think um, you bring up a really good point about how like a lot of so we're like witnessing and we have been witnessing for two years now, like a huge shift in how Escape from Tarkov is laid and how it's laid out and i think like your one of your points there was like um a lot of the hesitation around open world is based on the old version of the game which is like everybody has marked key so everybody loots marked key so if you like so so that for that um hesitation is like man if i get the second best marked key spawn on customs right now i don't get to loot marked if i spawn on shoreline i'm definitely not getting to loot marked so that's the thing and they, I feel like they think about that in a lot of different ways as well. The the rarity of things. Also, like, 
it, those places were the only places to get good loot, which is much less so now. You can get mm -hmm. good loot. And, and I'm not talking like bolts. I'm talking like you can get lead X's and gold chains and rollers and treasure and stuff like that in more places now, which you didn't used to be able to do. And a ton of things have more intrinsic values. And hopefully the more barter centric you get, the more. So now we do have things like bolts and corrugated hoses, early wipes and military tubes that have a bunch of values. So it's like, there's like Daisy. There's so many more things now that I would rather like, I made a whole video about this on like my, like, like keys, you know what I mean? Like, I know it's subjective and I know a lot of people disagree, but it was like, I'd rather, I'd rather find a key and know it's going to be sick. Cause like right now, even with how rare marked is marked key, it's, it's dog nuts. Like it's really bad loot. You know what yeah. I mean? Like every like 10 or 15 uses I find, you know, like an injector case. And if I make it out, it's a, it's that's a, a CSGO million loot crate. Yeah. One out of every 500 is worth $500 and everything else is worth 14 cents. Yeah. So it's like, so, but people don't really, and then, and then the, the, the other thing is like, people are hesitant for change just cause it's change. And I feel like most of it lives there because like most of these other issues are addressed. You can get like, you can definitely get better, like, like, 24 out of 25 customs raids, you can get better loot than what's in marked room by just looting the map. You know yeah, what I mean? More value with more a value full of bolts. More stuff. So as as long as they continue down that rabbit hole of more things in the game have value than just like seven things, Ledex, you know, Bitcoin, uh, then it's decently better to make money. If they continue to make like the loot pools better, where like better guns and potentially better armors. Because uh, like people, people never consider that when considering any change to keys. It's like also back in the day, there wasn't 60, okay, not 60. There wasn't 37 uh, secret stashes on customs. Like how many hexes have you found, hex grids have you found in marked room? Zero. They don't spawn in marked room. But they spawned like, yeah, I found 14 in, in crates and good guns spawn in there and good ammo spawns in there and rare things spawn in there and kappa items spawn in there. So it's like there's loot everywhere. So, in my opinion, it's not, not necessarily a solution, but in my opinion, something that complements these changes that they've been making is make keys rarer and have less loot uses, but ramp up the loot. Because we live in a Tarkov where keyed rooms are less necessary for money making than ever. Like, if you want to make mm -hmm. money, don't have keys and go lighthouse. <laughs> like, yeah. you don't need keys to make money. So, but that, and I think that's good because that barrier of entry of getting money and getting good gear is lowered, which is better for the casual player and better for the poor Tarkov player. That's good. So why not also reward them and everybody? If you make some of the keys, maybe not quest keys, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to take me three months to do Operation Aquarius, but like marked or a lot of these shoreline keys or reserve keys or interchange keys, if they were one, three or five times use, and not sellable on the flea market, but you know that the, the loot in there was stacked, that would be cool because it's like, I found a key, I should use it because I, A, I know it's going to be dope and B, I can't sell the key. And then that enough is going to have people move around where it's like, well, I can't loot marks 25 times. That's okay because you're going to, you might have other keys now. You're going to loot marks. You're going to get out big. You're going to loot West 301 because you found that key. So like, and I, I, I get it. I understood everybody's like hesitation, but 
it just seems that it complements the changes to the game and it complements the direction the game is going to continue to lessen the reliance on locked rooms, but make it like a surprise, make it a cool thing when you find a key. Like when you find yeah. a marked key right now, they're super rare. You want to sell it for money. You don't want to use it. And even if you can't sell it for money, it's not even that big of a deal. Like the marked key is a rare key. This, yeah. this wipe. And I've it's had not one and a viewer kit. It's not that cool to get them because the loot in there is not that good. It's like it, red key card. Yeah, well, 100% like red key card. Red key card is totally a status symbol more than anything else. But like, you know what I mean? So it's like, it. I don't know. Like, I would be way more pogged to find marked key if it had three uses and I knew it was goaded loot. Like, I knew I was walking out of there with some cool stuff. You know what I mean? I don't know. But, but then if you make all the, if it's one time use and you make the loot good, they would just camp it. Every, it would just get camped. Yeah. Then, Camping yeah, it would maybe. be such a stupid idea because A, it's going to be... Ten, the, ten raids, you would never yeah, see anyone. A, the key is going to be rare. And B, once again, the only reason we're doing this change, or you know, in my, in my theoretical, I'm Nikita, the only reason why we'd be doing this change is because of what we just said, which is like, you could make so much more money just playing the game. Yeah. Like, that's the point, is that the ruble per hour meta is not looting keyed rooms. So why would anybody then choose to camp a keyed room and completely miss out on all ruble per hour for, like, three, four, five raids in a row to finally like get the Look, one? They like loot crates, dude. It's the reason yeah. why people spend $100 on $25 scratch tickets. Yeah, that's like for, if that's I was like if I ask somebody if they'd rather have twenty five dollars scratch tickets or two hundred dollars cash, most people would take the fucking scratch tickets, yeah. even though they're gonna walk away with fifteen dollars. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, which is true, so which I get. They want to open up the the loot crate that is marked room, but I just don't think it would be as big of a. I don't think the camping would be as big of a deal as people think. And no, I mean, and and, and people really just don't understand like. A lot of the hesitation to the idea was like, it, it was either a very subjective thing, which is I like the grind, right? Like some people like that. There are literal entire video games. You know what I mean? You got your like Dota's and Destiny's like, and the whole thing is like play this one raid over and over and over and over and over again to get your drop. And some people like that. And that I can't say is wrong. Like I just, I want marked to have dog trash loot most of the time. I want the key to be accessible and I want to be able to grind it and get the, the super popular thing. Okay. If that's what you want, cool. That's subjective. But the objective thing is the, the other big thing was like, well then how, you know, you're never going to make any money if the keys are super rare. It's like, well, that's just dumb. There are so many ways to make money. It's easier than it's ever been. There's more ways than it's ever been. It, it's more, the game is more casual friendly than it's ever been. There's more like, like, you can make money. You you can make tons of money. So I would say subjectively, it would be more fun to find treasure chests, to find keys. And this, I know this key is dope. And what's going to be in there? Is it going to be a bunch of guns? Is it going to be... Because there's still RNG. Just because you find a marked key doesn't mean that the rare thing you're looking for is in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. But maybe it's, you know... An RSAS, a G28, a Mark 18, a few, you know, SOT Mod M4s, a Docs case. Like, that's sick. You know what I mean? That would be dope. But right now it's like Makarov ammo, an APB pistol, and a stock SOCOM M1A. Yeah, it, it should be 22 like... out of 25 times it's that. 
you should get like it should take the loot pool from the fucking like moonshine or intel case scab box where it's like you might find a red key card one out of every 50 raids most of the time it's going to be like 80 percent of the value of the key yeah or like 40 percent of the time 40 percent of the time it's going to be 200 percent value of the key and 10 percent of the time or five percent or whatever the the it's breakdown be is nuts yeah so um but so one of the things I was thinking is it goes back to what we talked about um, like a year or two ago. And, and then anytime we ever bring any of this stuff up, um, the reason why people get butthurt about it is because they assume that you're making one change in and not changing anything else. Yeah, of course. So like when I was theory crafting the open world and I was like, imagine if they did imagine if the servers were three hours long and all the maps were connected and you would spawn in and out or whatever. People were like, it would never work because the spawns are broken and the key economy is blah, blah, blah. And all the loot would be gone right away. And it was like, you can't make those changes without changing other shit. Yep. And so all of these, it's no fucking surprise that as they start to make other changes in the game, at least to me, my open world vision makes more and more and more, more, sense, and more sense not because less sense. it's a good idea. Yeah. You just need more stuff. Um, and also that idea was also built on the perspective of, I know where the things they want to be. They yeah. know, I know that they want armor to be rare and ammo to be rare and all these other things to be rare and fights to be less common. And they want it to be team-based and all those other things. So, there's like I said, there's a million things yep. they can do if if all the maps were connected, um, and it was a let's say a two or three hour server, um, I mean what they could even if you think about the the distribution of like players, let's say there's five maps. I'm just doing this for the ease of math. Let's say there's five maps and each one of those maps has ten players on it today. You're gonna have ten, uh, you know, ten players in a raid on customs or whatever. Yeah, with an open world in three hours with people coming and going, you could have seventy or eighty players because yeah. people are gonna become. It's gonna be less of a clusterfuck. Yeah. Um. Although sometimes you might get a five v five v four v three fucking firefight going 100%. on. hundred percent. Um. But, but a lot of the time you'd end up with more of a similar to a kind of daisy vibe where it's like anybody can be anywhere but people the encounters are a little less common yeah. which makes it easier for it makes it easier for newbies to do the shit they need to do and to kind of evade because yeah. they can they have a lot more time and space yep. to do what they need to do um whereas if you're a fucking squad of 4 as soon as you hear a gunshot, you're like, let's fucking go We're on a mission. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's yeah, a I good mean, point that like, okay, so right now most maps are roughly 30 minute timers. Making a three hour server isn't, isn't just six times as much. It's so much more than that because at a 30 minute server, 11 minutes in 70% of the people have extracted or died. So it's like this raid has to play out until the last PMC leaves but it's like, so really raids are mostly like 11 to 13 minutes. So now when you talk about a three-minute server, that's, that's so many more times than normal. And so you could have really populated servers all the time. 
not like you can turn down the amount. So instead of there's always 17 people that starts with 17, but then there's always like 11 or 12. So it's always full. It always feels full, but it's a little thinner because like, yeah, like most, uh, most new players, if you ask them, like, you know, most new players would prefer to spawn in 15 minutes into a customs raid because there's only three people left and they can chill. You know what I mean? And so everybody kind of wins there because if you want to, aggressively pvp there's still always enough people on the map because that's the thing right now if, if i if i'm like hey, let's do trios and it's like me and seal and desmond and we push and we run into a four man and we wipe them it's like we should get out because it's like we might find more pvp but at this point we're 10 minutes in between between the here. four man and us that's half the server somebody else had to have died or left if nobody else pushes us and third parties us, it's like we might as well just leave. So it's like even then, even with a slightly lower player count, if you know people were constantly leaving and going, you would be you'd want to stay in the raid. Be like, let's go find the next squad. So you'd it's like kill a squad and then you could loot them and then go back up into your perches and wait because you just rang the dinner bell for other exactly. squads to come. Ex you could be there for an hour fighting. Yeah, this, you know. So the PVP um, chads would actually benefit from that because there's maybe a little bit less people at any given time, but there's always people and always enough people to warrant staying and fighting. But then the new players would benefit as well because with a little bit less people. They, they would have a little bit more freedom to avoid fights. I'm hearing shots over there. I'm going to wait. I'm going to go over here first and then maybe go over there later and do my quest. And it kind of feels like everybody would win. If you're right in the middle, fights would mean more because it would happen slightly less frequently. If you're up at the top giga chatting, you'd probably fights would probably happen no less frequently, but you'd get more fights per hour because you wouldn't be in your stash as much. And mm -hmm. if you're on the bottom, you could probably choose to get less fights per hour, which is probably what you want anyway. Yeah, and I mean, I, one of the biggest things that people complained about, and like I, I half of it I get, and the other half I'm like, ah, fuck off, is the whole idea of you shouldn't be able to get in the same raid. Oh, yeah. Um, And like, I just, it seems so arbitrary to me. Like a, let a prerequisite for what I'm about to say is that you shouldn't be able to spawn right next to where you died. Exactly. Or yeah. even like near, like really close to where you died. Imagine a system where that was guaranteed. I would love it if I was in a fucking squad, we could kill a whole group. Yes. And then know they're going to come back. Yeah. And be able to fight them again or reposition or set up an ambush or do whatever. But also, if you die to a, a group, you know that, oh, there was like 19 dead bodies there. I want to get back and loot the thing. I mean, so there's two pieces. There's you can go back and it was going to take you a while. But <laughs> if they happen to be there and if you're a better player, it actually kind of. Uh, smooth is the rough edges around yeah. this game being a coin flip. Like, yeah, you, the better player wins 58% of the time, whereas you play a skill based game and the better player wins 95% yeah. of the time. But it, it's for the same reason why playing best two out of three is a little bit better towards competitiveness and making the better player win. Yes. It's almost like, let me fight these guys another time. Yeah. They're not just going to get a fucking lucky, you know, lucky shot off on me. And if they loot and they fuck off, then. Oh, well, maybe other people are going to come. 100%. And, it's not a guaranteed they, that you'd fight those people again.
but it would just, it adds a chance. You know what else I hadn't thought of? Because up until like this very second, I was actually like, team, I just don't really care. Like, I don't really care if, if we can, if I can get into the same rate or not. But, but, so we know it's one of the like most regurgitated things. It's like Tarkov is a squad game. You know, there's like the solos versus the guys that like to play duos. It's like, you're not really good at this game unless you play solo. Well, all that, whatever. We know that Tarkov is a squad game. There's a lot of squad mechanics. There's a lot more squad mechanics. Like, we know it's a team game. If it was open world, imagine how annoying that would be if you couldn't get into the same raid. If you die 10 minutes into a three-hour server and you and your four and your three buddies, you were a four-man, you had spent an hour preparing for this raid, what are you going to do? Just, like, wait for them to come out? Like, are they going to all bail on that raid? Like, once again, assuming I can't spawn close to where I died, at least now it I can go... It should get, like, increasingly further yeah. you know, or whatever. And it actually, like, people think that that would increase the amount of, like, well, then your buddy, you know, like right now, like people, some people take issue with the fact that it's like, well, you have all that money because your buddy can just like bring you your loot every time you die. You know what I mean? Some people and people would think that that would be more, but it would actually be slightly less because it would be like, well, if if we're, that half fight happened on customs, if I spawn with just my hatchet on shoreline, am I going to die on the way over? So you might actually bring in another kit. And you know what I mean? And actually expend more gear and just meet up with them. You know what I mean? And like maybe get into your own fight along the way. So now it's like you kind of have to be able to spawn into the same server. Because if the, the more Tarkov gets around squads and friends and stuff like that, like if you plan on being there for an hour or two and you die in the first 20 minutes, like I don't want to just wait for my friends for an hour. Like you kind of have to be able to do that. You just shouldn't be able to spawn <laughs> within 10 seconds of your body, just hop right in, you know, with a Makarov and kill the guy that killed you while he's looting you. That's super lame. But if you mm -hmm. have, if you spawn on another map and then have to like travel over to your friends, at least you can meet up with them. If two of you died and the four, like the two that left fought the other squad and they're, there looting, we're going to hold it down or we'll, meet you haven't been eliminated yeah. from the fun. We'll meet you here. Like, you know, you spawned here. Okay, go here. We're going to bring the like spawn meet us here. Like that's sick. Yeah, I mean, and and there's so many other elements too that you benefit that you benefit from. They, it's really hard to fuck up spawning and things like exfil camping when anybody like when everything is so spread out. Yeah. You just have an infinite number of areas where, similar to how they spawn AI, although in Tarkov sometimes they spawn right in front of you, but like in any other game. They're really good about where are where's the spread of people? Yeah. Figure out where nobody is and spawn them there, right? Yes. There's there's no way if you have this humongous map sparsely filled with players that you can't find somewhere. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um but 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 yeah, again, there's even more elements to why it's great. Like if you're a solo player and you kill a squad. Um, just the ability to be able to, I mean, having loot exfils would be great, but just the 100%. ability to, even if you, without loot exfils, if you could exfil your character, drop the shit off, and then maybe go in and grab the second guy or the third guy's gear yeah. and be able to actually get all the shit that you quote unquote earned would yeah. be another thing. Another benefit is imagine you're a brand new player and you have 
So there's two pieces of it. If you have a Paca and a stock SKS, the chads that mow you down are not going to take your yeah, shit. Yeah, they're not taking it. So you can get back with your Makarov and your MBSS and probably pick up your Paca and your SKS because nobody's going to take it. Yeah. Um, not to mention that that would help you like learn the maps and stuff too. Yep. But um, so then there's that. But then there's also. Imagine if it's kind of similar to when you play like Diablo, you have a whole bunch of items that when you like pick up, you like get a whole bunch of stuff back. Imagine you get the golden pocket watch and then you yeah. die. Now you can go to your corpse and when you loot your corpse, grab any quest items that you had, the special items. Nobody could loot that off of you. Yeah. But it would allow you, if you're a struggling new player, to survive. Because now people go, they get the key, they run to the tanker, they die. They go into another raid with their machinery key, run to the tanker, die. Yep. You know, now, um, if they get halfway then and they die, all they need to do is get back to their body, which might be in the middle of nowhere, and they got unlucky. Yeah, exactly. Um, you don't need to do the thing over again. It's almost like you get to benefit from... The little bit of progress, progress you, made. you made, yeah. You make the progress, and then, like, when you die, it's almost like you made progress and you die, so you get set back a little bit. Then you could get to your body, make some more progress, you die, you respawn, set back a little bit, but you're you're still incrementally making progress, yeah. And you have three hours to find your body a couple times, and right? that it's, does absolutely nothing long term. There's no negative effects of that at all to anybody. It just softens the edge for new players because what we're only like the, the, the items that are unlootable are only, you're only talking about quest items, but you know what I mean? We're not talking about like that dude's SKS is unlootable. If a player scav comes up, they can loot that SKS. If another new player comes up, they can loot that PACA, but it's like, mm -hmm. we're just the quest items. And so it just softens the edge because it doesn't affect the gameplay. It doesn't affect the economy. It doesn't even make it necessarily easy for new players because in an open world environment, the map is going to be so big that like right now, if you need to do the pocket watch quest, you're going to spawn on custom. So it's not that far of a drive. So if we're expanding this, like if we're saying we think open world would be cool, stuff like this actually could really help new players, you know, soften that edge a little bit. And it doesn't affect the economy. It doesn't affect the chads. I think the other thing that like people, because you and me get, uh, not tripped up, but you and me talk a lot about like the positives, all how sick it would be to be able to get into the same raid and mm -hmm. potentially fight that team again, get another shot. I think people often misunderstand that and think that that would happen every fight. I still think that the vast majority of the time when you die, you would just be dead. And if you spawned in and went back to that location... By the time you got there, they looted your body and left. Like it would be like a scav run. Exactly. People people think that those all these really cool examples we're giving are like, oh yeah, but that would happen every raid and that would get super repetitive. No, I think it would just add to the dynamic. 90% of the time, you would die, they would take your gear, and they would either extract with it or they'd go continue on their journey. So mm -hmm. by and large that experience would be unchanged. It would just make for some really cool 
seasoning some really cool sometimes encounters where maybe you run into that same exact squad later. Maybe you abandon the customs mission and you go shoreline. They fought you on customs on their way to shoreline. You run into them again and you find your insured M4 and you're like, oh, they didn't make it out with this yet. You get your stuff back. Maybe you do go back and fight the same squad three or four times, but it would probably be because they wanted that. They were prepared for that, not because it yeah. would be like, oh, well, I was just trying to loot and the guy came back. Like, so all of those things would be sometimes sometimes accidental kind of edge cases that would just elevate the experience. If you think that that would happen every time, you're crazy because 90% of the time, by and large, anybody that kills anybody wants to loot and get out of there. It's like the yeah. number one tip for new or mid-level players. It's like, don't take too much time looting, get out of there. But it would just be cool to potentially... Uh, and uh, Desmond was saying this in chat earlier, like if you're a solo player and you die to a guy with an Alton, maybe you buy some M61 real quick and you're like, I want to see if I can go find him. But because you had like a vector with AP and you're like, oh, and you might have to predict I, where he's going. I know there's a chat in the area. Let me buy a yeah. few rounds of M61 and hop back. And the chances of you finding him would be slim. But it'd be cool to like know there's like almost like a player boss. Like, oh, there's a juice squad in this area, I spawned here. It's going to take me a few minutes. Where do I think they're going? Most of the time, you'd miss them. But yeah. when you found them, it would feel so good. You know what I mean? Imagine killing the guy. You didn't imagine not even planning on it. You spawn in totally elsewhere on customs or whatever. And then you're like, oh, I got to make it to shoreline. And then all of a sudden, you, you kill the guy and you look in the bag and it's your shit. Yeah, exactly. That'd and be it so all, Honestly, it all comes down to. One of the most exciting things that happens almost by accident when you scav into the raid you die you died in dude yeah the one in a uh, uh, fucking a thousand chance that happens you're like oh it's exciting it's so sick you don't have to go like if there was a, a group of five chads and you're like you spawned in the I'm gonna fucking go the other way yeah so if you're new again it's one of those things that it's great for new players it makes it less punishing to die it it smooths the rough edges around yeah. for the new player. And if you are a, a super experienced players, all the people that complain that they're bored and the ones that want wipes because yeah. there's nothing to do. And it, it makes it makes everything less predictable and more exciting and gives you more to do. Yeah. You can go around killing people for three hours straight, and then if someone dies. Your new missions, fucking saving Private Ryan, is they spawned over here. Let's go meet up with them and just continue around. Exactly. Um, or you can set up an ambush on you. You're basically scav boss now. If you're like, we're gonna fucking hold down dorms, and maybe it's like a horde raid, uh, fucking yeah, mode where it's 100%, like dude. two or three squads want to make their way in and fight. If you kill them and they're like, yo, we were three men and that was like a four man, let's fucking get back there because they're probably gonna be posted up. And now it's like a zombie fucking left for dead horde mode where you're like, let's hold down this castle. That would be so sick. It'd be so sick to meet up with people in raid and do exactly that. Like if that that negative thing happened, everyone's like, oh, but what if people extract camp? Or, oh, what if a, a Chad squad like it would encourage like other gameplay loops? Like how sick would it be to literally be like, dude, oh, guys, 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 guys. There's like a four man in there. They're thick. A bunch of people have died trying to get in here. Let's team up and try and take these guys. Like, that mm -hmm. would be so... That would be so sick. But you wouldn't have to do it. You could just run away. If you're a new player and you don't want the PvP, run away, go another way, go do a different quest. So it's like, it it gives everybody what 
allows for more types of um, ways of experiencing with the game without forcing anybody that doesn't want to experience the game that way that they don't have to do it. You yep. know what I mean? It's so I mean, but uh, somebody take, take, did say somebody did say something very very true. Uh, so he said, so I would encounter the same hacker three times. Great. So that's true. We probably shouldn't. This idea is terrible. We should probably just yeah, let's it. scrap it. Yeah. That's a good, well, I mean, good point. it was kind of kind of similar to. Did you see the tweet <laughs> that I on the day that they had like announced the RMT thing? Uh, did you see one of I I told I tweeted like three things I think. Uh, the one that I that I added batter state games to. Oh my god! One? I think I did. Was that the one where you were like replace all bullets with nerf bullets or something? Yeah, I normally don't do this, but ethically it felt necessary. An insider at Batter State <laughs> Games, which is like the meme fake Battle State account, leaked to me that the next major update to EFT will be permanently disabling bullet damage for all PMCs. With this change, players using aim bots will no longer be able to kill you. <laughs> it was yep. like let's detract from the fucking experience by. Yep. doing some other thing um but like to get to get out in front of comments like that as well as the comments on youtube or whatever imagine this imagine we have an idea and you and you don't like that idea because of reason a and b imagine rather than dismiss the idea you say and if we do that and how could we also solve A and B at the same time? Yeah. If you think a great solution causes another problem, then think about how you can solve that problem. Yeah. Now, don't do what Battlestate does and ignore everything, get tunnel vision, and like put a Band-Aid on one particular problem because then that causes 17 other things. Yeah. Um, the problem is, is that they're Band-Aids their fixes cause more problems. Yeah. Um, I would much rather have a something that's really good potentially cause one or two other problems because chances are that just is an issue with the core design and should be addressed anyway. Yeah. Um, as opposed to, you know, what's effectively like the RMT stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, actually on that note, um, Nikita had a tweet. I guess. Oh yeah. So, uh, on on that note, talking about that stuff, Nikita tweeted out. This was like a day or two after, so this was like almost a week ago now. But it was a day or two after the thing, and he said, "We are getting good results." Talking about the RMT changes, cheater activity reduced noticeably, RMT activity reduced drastically. I know that you wanted to boost up your friends with keys. It was not initially intended to. Sorry, this is the new reality for everybody without exceptions. And it's totally normal. We wait. Uh, yeah, and it's totally normal. We are always adapting EFT. This is just another case. EFT community strongest and best. So it's so just interesting. I, yeah. I have to say something. The first thing that just came to my mind um, before I before I forget. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. But as soon as I read that, all I thought about was before these changes, they apparently had some way to gauge yeah. RMT activity. Some way, yeah. However, that way is, I don't know. I won't, I'm not going to get into like, well, if they have ways of identifying it, then why don't they just address those players directly? Um, but not even that. It's. If RMT activity is reduced, 
I worry that they defined RMT activity as doing the things we got rid of. Oh, yeah. We prevented. Before they would drop 100 propitols. Now they drop three propitols. RMT going down. It's like, well, you don't. Maybe they're dropping three propitols and three morphine and three STGs and yeah. three. So, like, I don't know what they consider RMT yeah. activity. Like, it would have to be. If they reduced a bunch of things, and those things, the, the, the not things, but like activities, right? Yeah. If they made changes to reduce the amount of activities, all they're saying is those activities have gone down. Yeah. How do they know that RMT, and I don't necessarily think this is the case, but there's a world in which RMT activity is tripled. It's just now carries or other things they haven't thought about. Yeah. So, I mean... Again, I'm like, I'm not trying to be yeah. critical of this. It's just like, w once again, like the engineer in me is like, I hate when, when I collect analytics of usage of an application and then we make some other change and then some guy in the marketing department or the sales department sees the change in data and is like, look at the trend of the graph. Yeah. And it was like before we made the changes we were accidentally sending 10 times the amount of data yeah they don't care why they don't care that it was a bug or yeah. the data was wrong or they were interpreting it wrong or instead we like i remember when they're like oh our user base has gone up because there's 10 times more events it's like i, I added 200 percent more events that we're tracking so it looks like it went down 50 percent. yeah so it all depends on how you interpret the data yep and i I, not, and that's a good and that's I'm not a, confident. Yeah. And that's a very good question. Somebody even said in response to the tweet said, wow, I didn't realize this so easy to monitor RNT and cheater activity. Weird, though, if it's this easy to know who's doing it or not, why are you not just banning them? And Nikita actually responded and he said, we can't rely solely on stats. We use stats as a general status checking. It's also not just about statistics and charts. We read cheaters and RMT responses and forums. So it was just interesting that like somebody said a similar thing where it's like, if you can, if if your tracking of this activity is like 100% accurate, then you could do something about it. And if it's less than 100% accurate, how can you quote and say that things are getting better? And so, yeah, yeah. there is, there's definitely something to that, that it's like hard to, it's just hard to know and understand what they're saying. And it's hard to understand how they can understand what's happening or how it's working and that doesn't mean that there isn't a way. That doesn't mean that they don't have tools or can't see it, but it's just, I, I understand what you're saying and it can be worrisome. Yeah. So I know that they, well, and before, don't let me forget, but I want to ask you if you've experienced just anecdotally any changes, but, but um, another thing I want to, to, to get out before um, is I've forgotten what it was I was going to say. So <laughs> <God laughs> there's something it. I wanted to ask you. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. So didn't they recently, like they made a bunch of changes to like restricting, you know, the stims and a whole bunch of other shit. Yeah. And then they walked it back a little bit where it's like, well, now you can take in three SCG stims or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, or or they said you could like drop three STG stems or whatever it was, yeah. right? In when I was when I was looking at all of those items, none of those things screamed 
RMT will wait. None of those things were things that legitimate players would do like almost ever. Yeah. When, when would you give me a backpack full of STGs? Yeah. But you but you would drop me a 206 key. Yes. But like what they're doing is they're I don't understand because you can if they have like item A, item B and item C and they before you could have an infinite amount. Now originally you could have 3 and now you could take in 6, let's say. Yeah. Is it can you take in 6 of item A and 6 of item B and 6 of item C? Yeah. Or is it so well you can take all, in if it's not found in raid. So if you're going to load into a raid with somebody you if you're going to load into a raid with stuff to drop for somebody, you can take in as many ETGs or SJ6s as you want. I could fill a Mr. Ranch backpack with Propitols, but I can only drop two of them. So so if you're going to do RMT, why wouldn't you just give them two of every single fucking item on the list rather than a backpack full of one item on the list. Yeah, well, because there's only a certain amount of stims. So, well, like, I mean, that situation, it's like... Yeah, but there's an infinite number of items. Yes. Yes. But I think the reason that they did that with the stims is to get a, to get ahead of, like, stims are just some of the highest value per slot items in the game. Um, so, like, you could drop an infinite amount of bolts, but bolts have no value, really, unless they're found in raid. So nobody would come in with a bag full of bolts because like that would be so much space for 112,000 rubles. A bag full of stims is actually... So like I don't actually think people dropped many stims for RMT. I think they did a pass on the things that get dropped the most and then they just like did like a query for like most expensive, intrinsically valuable single slot items. That and you can use... Yes, and stims then, are yeah. like probably, you know, one through 20 because there's a bunch of stims and they're all valuable. So I think so they, they knew had, that the stims were going to be the new thing. If, that, if they didn't include them, we would see for the first time ever backpacks full of stims getting dumped because you can extract and sell them to therapists for big money. Some 20, 30K a pop, a backpack full of those is huge money. So I think they added that. But you have to allow us to drop some because I have dropped ETGs or Propitols or stuff for my friends a lot. A lot. It, when, as, as a duo, we get into a fight. Yeah, my but not dudes, three. Not three. No, but that's what I'm saying, though, is that's why that's why that limit is good. Because I don't... Yeah, but they raised the limit to three. It just seems like... Well, what do you mean? They raised the limit. You used to be able to only drop one per raid. Now you can drop two per raid. That's it. On stems. <sighs> yeah. I, I, it's That just seems to me like one of those things like... And I, I'm not trying to be a negative Nancy. Like... Yeah. This isn't me. I'm not purposefully trying to find things to be critical of. These are just when I hear them, they just red flags to me. I just don't get how. Imagine there was like a package that you could buy that if you were a player, you could get a backpack. This is package number eight. And yeah. It's $19.99. And like it's for RMT. Three, yeah. Three stacks of BP, two Propitol. And it's like a grab bag of all the things you'd want in like a nice gift basket. Oh, we'll do five of them in five raids. You've just made it so that now they got to make special gift baskets and they can still give you tons of value and things that you're going to use. But now they just yeah. need to split it up. But I have to I, I my pushback on this is like I have to believe there's less of a demand for a gift basket with one raids worth of five different nice things 
than my yeah. ability to buy three ammo cases full of BP. Yeah, no, I, I, you're, so, you're, you're so definitely like, right, but so I also yeah. don't see why. How many? When are you ever going to drop? Like, how often are you going to drop two propitols for a friend? Like that to me seems just as fucking arbitrary. Yeah, where uh, it's like I you've you've with squad you've, play. Reduced, like if, if there's four fucking, people in a squad, like in like in the past week, I've dropped tons of stims for friends. Now I normally play duo, so I'm only dropping one for one. But like you're boosting your fucking buddies. I dude. am, dude. Straight. Boosting. Aren't you? Aren't you boosting? Them? I was boosting, dude. Somebody's in the chat. So comment, comment, comment in the chat. We were doing something the other day where me and Seal were loading in, and I. So we we are in the lobby and we're grouped up, and I had in my backpack a Zabralo Classics armor and a wrist tee and a face shield, and we were just sitting in the lobby inviting the lowest level people that we could find in the lobby and 80% of them declined 18% of them accepted and then saw what we looked like and immediately left the group. And then some people would join and we would spawn in and I would drop him. this Zabralo and wrist T. And I was like, this is going to protect you as much as possible. Follow us. We're going to get you as kitted as possible. And like during that, like he got shot and I dropped him a propital and then he was super heavy. So I dropped him a mule and like stuff like that was like, and that's more boosting than dropping your friend a 206 key. Yeah. Like, it, like that's much more boosting. I, I yeah. Don't, I don't care about either. But again, it's why it's like one of those things where they make a change that is 1% good and 50% awkward, yeah. bad in many cases. And then when I say it didn't make sense and there's still a million other things that it doesn't solve, let alone the problems yeah. that it causes a million other things it doesn't solve. And people go, well, dude, why are you complaining? It's 1% better. It's like, I, yeah, because it just doesn't fucking make any sense to me. Yeah. I, I um, understand. I just, I don't know, man. Like I, I'm not, once again, I'm conflicted on this. I was talking about this with some buddies. I'm, I'm very conflicted on it. Like I, I, I I understand everything and I agree. I mean, we talked about this more like at length last week where it's they could have done it other ways, they could have done different things. Like the the boosting like why is two oh six key? Yeah, like the boosting thing is really interesting that he's like kind of taken a stand there. He put that in the tweet specifically, like, you know, this wasn't an intended thing, like, you know, you're not sorry, this is the way, you know, we have to adapt. And it's like that's I don't know really agree team, with that team game where you can't help out your teammates exactly. if your teammates aren't on the same level and have the same money as exactly you. that's what's weird is that like you know find any other squad game you know what I mean like the division destiny like any of these games you can now some of them get clunky like uh like new world when I was into that like that was a super clunky in my opinion experience where like some items was like bind on pickup where like. <laughs> they would be banned for our dude that's a great we need to frame that that's a good comment yeah nikita knows my fucking username so every time i get a viewer kit yeah uh, he knows like oh they get flagged it gets flagged by the fucking rmt soft yeah yeah i actually dm'd i well so for the podcast listeners the chat was what bothers me is if a non-streamer did that they would be considered rmt and banned me dropping somebody for someone which is uh which is funny because like that's like assuming i dm'd nikita on the front end and i was like hey i'm gonna drop a bunch of stuff for people and <laughs> don't ban me please you just said i dropped my buddy's sick cases full of bitcoin and was banned 
Okay. I don't believe you. <laughs> what do you think about that? Yeah, like, okay. <laughs> it's the same thing where they're like, if a streamer did X, they wouldn't be banned, except Tweak was banned. And fucking Anton was banned. Anton and Hyper Rat was, was banned. banned. Hyper Rat was banned. Uh, yeah, fuck off. <laughs> Oh, oh, it was God. three wipes ago and a week before the wipe. So you mean three wipes ago when they were like first initially ever taking steps towards uh, like changing things when for R RMT. This was also back when the band Geddon happened back when Anton got banned a bunch like literally like that was back when Anton got banned. And you're saying if a streamer did it, they wouldn't have got banned like <laughs> something happened to me two years ago. So even though so much has changed since then. LOL, you're privileged because you dropped as a brawler for somebody. Get wrecked, nerd. You know what? The Actually, logic all of is this, flawless. All of this makes me... I just want to say uh, two things super quick. One, I know there's already people who have already typed the comments, probably X'd out of the video, and they're not going to hear this. Yeah. But think about all the people who are going to say... Wow, Veritas is such a negative Nancy. All he does is we talked for the first 40 minutes about things we were excited about the game could have. Yeah, 100%. And then I'm critical of some shit that maybe I'm wrong about or whatever that I, it just seems weird to me. I can't quite put a finger on it. And it's going to be me shooting down every cool thing. You yeah. Know? So just fucking lighten up. All yeah. right. Uh, for one. And for two, dude, I, I have to say this. I've been playing Trackmania for the last almost month. Yeah. Basically full time. I've played like three Tarkov raids and two of them were tonight. Were, <laughs> were tonight. And I have I have to admit I haven't had a single negative experience. Not a single negative experience while streaming. Nothing but it, nothing but happiness and joy and you know no frustration or anything. I switched to the Tarkov category half an hour before this podcast. And I had two comments in chat being like, dude, you look burnt out. Are you okay? What's wrong? Like instantly yeah. it gets fucking shitty and like, yep. God, I'm just so fucking, I'm, this is just another reason why I haven't been playing Tarkov is, is it's like a hostile work environment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So anyways, all that being said, I definitely, going back to what we're saying, I definitely agree that some of it feels like misplaced hammering. Like the like the doubling down where he was like, where Nikita in the tweet was like, this is it. I know you want to boost your friends with keys. It's like, I think we all would agree that a better scenario, maybe not a perfect scenario, was like if they... I don't know if they if they created a list of keys like some of the shoreline, the high tier shoreline keys, the marked keys, all the labs colored key cards and like other stuff, because like exactly like you said, 206 or the Tarcon director's office key, the customs office key like those feel really bad. That doesn't feel like boosting like that feels like it's a weird subjective 50 shades of gray thing, but that feels more under the category of just like squad play like i'm playing with my friends like you know what i mean like my buddy's getting off for the weekend he's not going to be on i'm not at this quest yet he found the customs office key and doesn't need it like or or set a yeah, threshold whatever the threshold is and they could even be explicit about it they can even say let's put a fucking ruble value on it or whatever but the thing is is that rmt 
if uh, if it's going to be a problem, you're talking about someone who's going to do like many times a day giving away a lot of high value stuff. If they just were to yeah. if you if you you would get flagged if you hit a threshold, if you get gave your favorite streamer a viewer kit. Yeah. And it was 3 bitcoin inside of a docs case. It it would be trivial if that's the one thing you do in a like a week or two weeks, that's that's like reasonable for yeah. someone to do for their friend to give them some shit. Yeah. But you couldn't have an RMT business if you could only do something like that once every two weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like the thing is is that like the amount of stuff that is reasonable for normal players to do is here, and RMT is it has to be. Uh, like f 50 100x that yeah it just seems so crazy that they're like we gotta put everyone in fucking handcuffs yeah yeah i get what you're saying it's just so weird and so arbitrary that like um and, and i mean even if it was just a ruble value imagine like yeah um, imagine if and, and this doesn't work because the ruble values are fucked up right yeah. but just think about like the actual ruble value for what people would pay on the flea or what the rarity of things or or yeah. whatever, like a realistic value. If it was like you can only give away a half a million rubles a week yeah. to a friend explicitly, like, yeah, that that's enough for a reasonable person to do. Yeah, for their friends, I'd even, I'd be fine if the threshold was lower than viewer kits are today, because that's going to be infinitely yeah. higher than normal people helping their friends. Yeah, which is infinitely lower than rmt yeah i, I get what so you're saying it just saying. seems so weird that they've set the bar so low that it's like yeah it, it's not i just don't see it solving rmt because they're going to be clever and work around it by doing like carries for example yeah um but but yeah i want to know has in the tarkov community or your anecdotal experience because i've been fucking blinders on like don't yeah. even want to talk about it has it felt any different uh, no, like, I. well, what do you mean? What, like, have I experienced less cheaters or has like, I, I mean, does anything feel different I don't, to you? I, if you hadn't told me that they had done this giantly controversial RMT change, I wouldn't have noticed. Like, now, now you're saying notice the effects or noticed the change? I wouldn't have even they... noticed the change. Like, because like I said, I only drop maybe one or two stims, different stims in a raid for somebody. If I'm dropping stuff for my friend, anything uh -huh. we're dropping for each other is found in raid. I found something and I don't need it. I'm dropping for you. Or they're bringing me my kit, which is still under the current system. Totally fine. So I would actually, actually one single experience uh, almost got me killed. This is like, okay. So a uh, paracord is on the list of things. That if you bring it into a raid that's not found in raid, you can't drop it. What the fuck? And I was okay. playing reserve. And I brought in a paracord. And then I found something of crazy value. And I moved the paracord into my backpack and moved the valuable thing into my kappa. And I had a backpack full of stuff and I was heavy. And we're chugging our way to the extract. Ugh, ugh, I get shot. I hit Z to drop my bag. And it goes, no, you can't do that. Oh my fucking god! And I was dude. like, "What?" It popped up with a pop up, right? Yeah, in the bottom corner, it doesn't. It didn't drop my bag and delete the paracord. It just said you can't. It said you can't drop your backpack. And so my two options in that moment 
were to fight the guy with the heavy backpack on or open my menu and look for the thing that's not found in Ray. Because in, in that moment, I didn't know it was my paracord. When all, it's in a like a rig yeah. inside of a thing. All I knew it was that somewhere in my backpack was a thing you can't drop. And so I couldn't quick drop my bag. That's the only experience I've had since this started that I felt like it like actually affected me. Other than when I was like trying to um, drop stuff for people. Like when we were like helping new players and stuff like that. Like obviously we wanted to drop them keys that we couldn't and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so okay. If... I'm willing to accept that there's not really any inconvenience or negative. I, I never did any of these things, so I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Um, the real question, I guess, is, is it going to make a, a dent in RMT and yes. or cheaters? Who knows? Who knows? We, I, I guess, like I, what I said, I believe I said this when the, the day it happened. We'll see or we won't. Yeah. And like honestly, we'll still honestly we, won't, we won't see. The, to be honest, yeah. we won't see or we won't see. Those are the two options because nobody, including Battlestate Games, said that there's not going to be any more cheaters. If RMT was physically impossible in this game, you would still encounter cheaters. Less of them for sure, but it's like it's an <laughs> online game. There are people who are going to cheat. So, yeah, but not even that. It's the amount of suspicious. And like, people are sus 10 times exactly. more. Exactly. So now instead of seeing 10 sus things, you're going to see nine exactly. when really there was one cheater. Dude, that's so, such a good example. If 10 sus things happened and two of them were legit cheaters, as a result of this RMT change, even a successful RMT change, RMT change would mean you would see nine sus things and one of yeah. them were cheaters. Like it, you're still going to see eight. Things that you think are sus but weren't sus because of the nature of the game and the desync. So that's what that's what I'm saying. It's not we're gonna see or we won't see. It's just we won't see because there yeah. are so many things that are sus in this game that aren't actually sus. Um, uh, dude, me and Trey were playing and we uh we were doing night raids and we heard guys they were fighting cultists. Trey swung a door and like got an amazing shot and kill one. I've played enough night customs to know that uh, the door at the machine, you don't have to know the call that I'm talking about, but I played enough customs to know that this one door is see-through and he called to me, there was a squad in there. So I ran around the thing and started shooting through the door and I hit one and they immediately started calling us a bunch of like slurs. We reported them all and they were like, why are you guys cheating? You guys are cheating. You, you bleepity bleep 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 bleeps. And me and Trey were so bummed because we were like, what? Like, what do you mean we're freaking cheating? I shot a guy through a door after he headshot somebody and we were cheating. And it's like, so if you're that guy, if you get shot by me and Trey there and you yell cheats, you're going to think this RMT change did nothing because you think everybody's cheating. You know yeah, what I mean? Or like, <laughs> if you're running through customs and you see a guy in the corner of your eye and you go to turn and he aimbots you in the head, you would be like, oh, that wasn't necessarily sus. He saw me and he got a headshot. Exactly. That happens. We do that all the time. All the time. So again, it's like plenty of, I've always said this, plenty of sus people are legit and plenty of legit people are actually cheating. Yes. And the nature of the Tarkov is that you'll never know. So the question, the answer is always, I don't fucking know. It either feels good or it doesn't. And that may or may not correlate with reality. Yes. And but so our options are trust BSG when they say, trust BSG and deal with it or not trust them and deal with it. Those are only two options. There is no way to accurately measure this as a player. So whether you're skeptical of what they say, customer facing or not, it doesn't matter. There's nothing we can do about it. There's nothing we so can I guess, know. I guess that goes back to the heart of like my annoyance 
it's like like I don't care about any of the the none of the changes affect me whatsoever. Yeah. I play solo. I never drop anybody anything. Once a year I do some like let me drop you a, a key card for content. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. You're one less guy's going to win the lotto and get a red key card, which I was planning on doing at some point before the wipe was just going to drop like yeah. a bunch of shit for some newbie that was like cool to me in a raid like i've yeah. done before with a fucking money case full of bitcoin oh well like i guess it's one less one less youtube, YouTube video yeah yeah that i that i can make yeah. um so it's not even that like i don't care it's just that it it never it doesn't make sense to me that it would make as much of a dent in those things as the amount of work that had to have gone in to make the changes. Yeah. So it's like the, the engineer in me and then like the 5% of me that has a perspective on game design, yeah. not, not personally, but just that is like, that's the solution. Yeah. You know, like there's a leak in the ceiling, so we're going to put a really nice bucket underneath it. It's like, yeah, I just want like, it works and it's fine and it only cost us three dollars and it's great and it's like yeah but at the same time my frustration is like but i just wish they would fix the ceiling you know they yeah. might not have the time or the resources or whatever but i can't not say that's the right yeah solution. you can't not at least point out like was the bucket the play yeah 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 i get that i really really do i think the other frustration so, like, your frustration comes primarily from, like, being an engineer, looking at things highly logically and with an engineer's brain. And and it's basically what we talked about last week. Like, engineering, which is problem solving, yes, like, by definition. By definition. Like, you're coming at that and, like, you were in, in just a few days able to be like, what? why didn't they do this solution? This And we walked through some of those things and how, like, oh, man, Hours. that might have no, been better. Yeah, that might have been better if they had done, you know, everything spawns when you loot as opposed to this and that. Um, the other side of it that people are frustrated with is like, and we've, we've basically been dancing around this all night. Like what defines boosting? Like that is such a weird thing because like Nikita's always hated that. What? The concept of boosting, which has to me, and yeah. I would be willing to guess 99.999% of players is irrelevant. The reason why he added the run through was because, like, quote, a bunch of Chinese players would go in and instantly run to the exfil so they would boost their survival rate. Oh, yeah. Who fucking cares? Yeah. They're doing something to raise a number. And Nikita's like, he was very passionate when we talked privately about how, like, I needed to fix that. Yeah. Bro, why? Yeah. Like, think about how the run through mechanic has fucked us for years. Yeah. And it was all because he was upset about a number. Yeah. And that's the thing is that like, but even to Nikita, I'd want to ask a question. You know what I mean? Like me finding something running into somebody in raid, like, like if I run into a new player, right, we've got VoIP. I run into a new player and he's like, he's like, bro, over VoIP. He's like, I just need to do this. I just need to do this quest. If I not kill him, is that boosting? Because... 10 out of 10 times, if I've got an Alton and a Slick on and an HK and he's got a Makarov, I win. Okay, mm -hmm. so at what point between not killing him because he's a new player and dropping something for him, is that boosting? 
It's an because invisible Venn diagram. A, exactly, because obviously... Gameplay and boosting, because where does... I feel like boosting is dropping something for... I feel like boosting is loosely defined as me dropping something for a very specific other party many times. I drop him this, and then we come in, I drop him it again, and then I drop him a better kit, and then I drop him another thing, and I drop him another... I'm boosting for headshots. his account. But, like, any... Basically, like, you let me drop anything in the game for somebody once i don't i won't call that boosting like if i because where's the line between you know what i mean you're desmond and you've got seven thousand raids and you found a violet key card on woods and you have three violet key cards and 200 million rubles and you come across a guy and he voips at you and you're like yo 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 come here come here come here pick this up and you drop him a violet key card boosting or like fun you know what I mean? Like, because the chances of that dude doing anything with that key anyway is literally nothing. You know what I mean? So it's like, so what the hell is boosting? And I'm not asking you that. I'm like, I'm asking Nikita because dropping a 206 key for somebody, even dropping a Zabralo and a wrist tee for one person, one raid. You know what he did? Okay. Not, not Comet. We did that two raids. Um, the, the guy that we did that, you know what he did? He came into my chat yesterday. The guy that we did the same thing, we dropped him the snuff, he got out with 100 kilos. And you know what he said in chat? He's like, I haven't taken any of those guns out, man. I'm scared to use them. Boosting! We boosted his account. Like, you know what I mean? It He got the coolest experience of his life. He got the rate of his life. He got to feel what it was like to wear Chad gear and run around and have bodyguards. And long term, that did nothing for him. So, like, yeah. Imagine the level what 60 the hell is carrying. That? Imagine the level 60 with the keys. Taking a player and saying, loot that jacket, go into the, I'm going to unlock the room, grab the item, I'm going to defend you all the way. Like, that is a thousand times more, quote unquote, boosting, and yet it doesn't cover that. Exactly. And, and, and it all comes down to the fact that they have no way of conceptually distinguishing between you drop something for someone, you drop something for somebody in a legit way, you yeah. drop something for somebody in an RMT way, you die and they loot you in a legit way, or you die and it's for RMT or it's for boosting because you can drop an item for a friend. They needed to make it so that when you drop your backpack with something that you brought into a raid, that it goes poof, meaning the person who killed you does not get that reward because they cannot distinguish yeah. between the bad thing that they don't want and the totally normal good thing even the they, good they things are that they encourage, not even just yeah. are neutral about. When VoIP, when uh, Scav Karma came out, Nikita and the team were talking about that they were hoping. Remember, they legitimately talked about on a podcast the idea that they were considering adding a UI trade menu. This was before VoIP, but after Scav Karma, where they were like, we want Scavs to trade with each other. We might even add a menu. Now, they didn't need to, and then VoIP happened. So it's like, so on one hand, you're encouraging players to find themselves in raid and trade items. And now if I bring a freaking 206 key to somebody and drop it for a friend that's considered boosting, like, of course, now what I'm not trying to say is boosting doesn't exist. Once again, that, and I'm sure people have done that where their friends- it's a victimless crime. Their friends- That's what I'm like, saying. Their friends bring stuff over and over and over and over and over again. Or like, remember that the meta used to be on day one of the wipe- give uh sell everything 
give all the cash to your friend and reset your account. Then you have everything you get. You have them give you the money again. Now you have everything you originally had plus 2 million rubles. Like I'm not saying boosting doesn't exist. I'm just saying that like that we swung that the hammer. We swung the hammer so far down the line to like bringing a 206 key is considered boosting and but trading the labs key card I got on my scav and giving that to somebody uh, is not considered boosting. That's encouraged. So what the hell? You know what I mean? Did, like, did you ever play COD four on Xbox back in the day? Yeah. So did you play, was it called? I think it was called cage match. Did you ever play cage match? I don't know. It, it was the one V one mode. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I, my favorite thing was cage match on shipment. Okay. Remember shipment? Yeah, I do remember shipment. Now, in like half of the fucking games you'd get into, the person would... As soon as you'd get into the game, I would get like a bloop, uh, Xbox message, like DM message from <laughs> the person saying HS? Question mark? Did you ever get that? Uh-uh. If that I did, I probably saying, didn't even know what it meant. That was them saying headshots, which was basically like, you know how you get the golden skin if you get like a thousand headshots or whatever with the thing. So you would headshot and then the other person would spawn, run to you. They'd let you and you'd go back and forth until you were nine to nine. And then you have like one, one legit round. Yeah, that was now imagine if Call of Duty said you only get credit for one headshot per game. Yeah, because they can't fucking tell the difference between people yeah. doing that. Not only that, but they can't tell the difference between someone who's legitimately good. Because I remember when I wanted to get those, I would always say I'd respond with "Yeah" and walk up to them and fucking knife them, and then they'd be like, "What the fuck, dude?" And then I would kill them the other nine times That's... because I was annoyed by it. Yeah, because that people wanting to do that. Well, let, let me let me step back. Um if there's two people who get into a lobby together and they both agree and they get a fucking skin, like who cares? Yeah. Like who, I just don't see how someone boosting, even if you include all of the things that are obviously boosting, you know, like if someone drops all the keys for somebody and then carry them through all of their quests and then whatever. It doesn't affect fucking anyone. Yeah. I it think, doesn't affect anybody. Like, so I think like I would just I would go out on a limb and just say that boosting was basically a non-issue. Like, do I believe that somewhere people were like legitimately boosting? But like I would I would venture to say that in Escape from Tarkov, it's largely largely a non-issue because this game more than any game, like if you give good gear to a bad player, it just doesn't matter. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they, like anything you give to that that friend to boost, they're going to die and lose because they don't know where the extracts are on customs. Which is the same thing that I'm talking about. Like, is that it doesn't solve the problem. Yeah. It solves one thing that is 2% of the problem sometimes. Yeah. Because people can still boost by going in with their uh, a squad of dudes, kill them all, take their dog tags. They've now gotten money. They've gotten yeah. kills to pad their stats. And they have negatively affected the one guy in factory because now no, there's there's nobody there. Yeah, everybody's gone. Um, yeah, 
So the boosting thing, like the RMT change felt like it was added to combat a very bad thing that's happening and affecting everybody, which is cheating in RMT. Now, how much it's affecting everybody, how effective the solution is, we can debate about that. But like the fact that he keeps throwing in like and to combat boosting, that to me feels like Nikita was just annoyed by something that probably was irrelevant. Like, like the cheating thing, we can all come together and be like, cheating sucks. They all should freaking get their accounts banned, but it's annoying. And then we all start to disagree on how to do it, but we can all come together. I don't think we can say that about this. I don't think like boosting was a thing anybody thought about ever until Nikita tweeted about it. I don't think it was a thing that was prevalent in the community. I just think Nikita was annoyed seeing people drop stuff for friends and just threw, threw that in. Totally. Like based on the, the, reason why he implemented the oh um, the run through which is so annoying <laughs> it was for a single stat and it was single-handed like one of the most significant changes the game's ever seen that has that has had massive impacts on legitimate players i i failed the guide because i got a fucking yeah. run through even though i ran across woods i avoided fights something that i thought they wanted you to do like this game isn't a it's not a fight simulator it's like a survival you know, first person, yeah. hardcore, whatever. It's like, okay, well, in real life, I would probably avoid fights. But instead, you get punished for avoiding fights and escaping from Tarkov, the title of the fucking game, and you get punished for it by having to do yeah. the guide again or having to do woods again, and then you fucking die and you fail the quest. Yeah. So, yeah, again, that that seems more like... I hate this. This is the first time I've ever, like, I think I've ever said this, but that just seems like Nikita, in this instance, doesn't want people to play his game in a particular way. Yeah. When, historically speaking, it's always been, like, play how you want. Yeah. Within these, like, reasonable rules, like, don't cheat. Yeah. Um, But, like, if it's a team game... Exactly. You should be able to do anything you're going to be the terms of service you're going to be hard pressed to 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 self-define yourself as a team game and then be able to very specifically define for me what boosting is you know what i mean especially if you like you know what i yeah i actually don't it, even it, want I mean, to go down same, that road it's the same thing right like boosting it could be dropping a bunch of quest items some of that is boosting it could be helping people like carrying people through quests yeah like to me the carrying people through quests is significantly more of an impact on everyone yeah than the items one is and this fix this change doesn't solve 80 percent. same with rmt rmt made up it had to have made up and again this is just an yeah. assumption yeah. but it had if it didn't make up 90% of all items dropped for people. Yeah. Then it had to have been a massive percentage because otherwise it wouldn't happen enough for it to be a problem. Right. Yeah. So, but again, they're bro. They well, well cheating being sorry. Like they were cheating, um, being like a huge problem. And then there was like g giving items away. And instead what they've fixed is, a portion of cheating that is now just going to migrate over into quote unquote carries, which is basically monetized boosting, which their boosting change doesn't solve. And the cheating thing doesn't solve. Yep. 
Dude. And I don't know how the fuck they're going to solve it. Freaking Towers message. I'm still waiting for someone to explain to me how Sherpaing isn't boosting. They have a legitimately like BSG fronted not supported BSG Great fucking yeah created BSG created and led Sherpa system that specifically notates like I've got a green name in the lobby because I'm a Sherpa. There's a queue. There's a queue on the forum where I can actually take queue requests and help people do quests and do stuff. They sent me. I, like right right now, I can open my game. I can show you. I have a message, a system message, and it's like, "Thanks for being a Sherpa." And it's seventy Saluas, seventy hemostats, seventy sugars. There were some labs cards in there. There was some ibuprofen, and but I'm not boosting. But I can't drop my friend into a sixty because I'm boosting. That right there was the reason why I like violently left the um what's the name of the not sherpa but emissary program was because i was like don't don't give emissaries just don't give them items yeah like just don't you're just fucking asking for it yeah you got rid of the press kit because people were butthurt about people getting all this stuff and i'm like this is a a can of worms you guys don't want to open again. Yeah. And this was like a disagreement that a bunch of, at the time, emissaries sort of shit on me about. And I'm like, fuck this. I'm out of you. Like, I yeah. can't. Um, because they, because a bunch of the people that were there that were emissaries were like demanding gear. Because yeah. they were giving gear to their friends and they were running out of gear. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Like, you shouldn't be a Sherpa. If you can't fucking survive yeah, yeah. on your own with your own gear, yeah. you're not qualified. Yeah. If you need to ask people for shit, you shouldn't be teaching people how to fucking play the game. And to be explicitly clear here, I'm not saying that the mess up on BSG's part is the Sherpa program. I'm saying that the mess up is then nerfing to the ground anybody else's ability except for these like select few of elevated people with green names ability to Sherpa people, right? Like That's the first time, the closest they've ever gotten to streamer privilege. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like, like just to be super clear, like I'm not saying I'm a part of this group that I hate. My Sherpa status has done nothing for me. That's the only package I've ever gotten from them. It only included meds and like, I think like four labs key cards or something. And I, like, I, it's all still in the system message. I took like three Saluas out of it yesterday for the first time. Like, I'm not saying, I'm saying... That this and that's infinitely more than most people have dropped for their friends. For sure, for sure. Indiv- individual. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying is that like, that's what I'm saying is that um, I'm not saying the Sherpa program is bad. I'm saying it's good. And up until now, they've encouraged other Sherpa programs. My Discord is so popular. I've got like 15,000 people in my Discord because we've got our own Sherpa system. We've got looking for group channels. It's all about helping people new to the game. Like, so my problem is not with the Sherpa system. It's not that it exists. My problem is then you kneecap everybody else and say like, once, once again, once again, what the hell is boosting? What is it? Like define it for me because it's not dropping a 206 key for your friend. It's not dropping three propitols because you crafted a bunch. It's not, 
especially with what you said that like I can still go in with a four man on factory, kill them all, take out all their gear and use it because gear isn't restricted for this RMT change. So it's like it's, it's a change that's inconsistent and misses the mark. Yes. Which is why I'm always like, why are they doing that? It's not that it doesn't have an impact. Yeah. It's just like. I don't know, dude. Yeah. It's like having a fucking farm. It's metaphor time. It's metaphor time. You have a giant fucking farm full of crops and you're going to spray the whole thing down with pesticides that are going to kill half the crops. You're going to kill all the weeds. But at the same time, it's like, just make a fucking weed killer that doesn't kill the crops. Yes. That's what I want. Yeah. And though these problems are not impossible, insurmountable. Now, yeah. combating cheaters, that's a whole other story. Yes. Yes. But And maybe the solution is don't cover everything and, you know, don't kill half of the, the crops to kill the weeds because you might be worse off than when you started. Yeah. You know, but I feel like Nikita would rather lock up 10 innocent people and have one actual criminal. Like sometimes, and, <laughs> yeah. I, and I don't, I'm not referring to banning people, but yeah. I'm just saying like make a change that affects a whole bunch of people because it hammers down one. And it's like the overall happiness. I'm, I'm not convinced that like, yeah, I don't know that, that the overall good is better than the bad. But again, I'm open to, I hope I'm wrong. You know, just like you were wrong about VoIP, I hope I'm wrong about this. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. You were wrong about VoIP, right? We had the. We're not. Not you were wrong about VoIP, but <laughs> you had you, Leonidas. You were you wrong. were wrong. Uh, no. Your reason why I said that is because we were literally talking about it earlier. Um, about how like originally you were hesitant about VoIP. Oh, you know, like maybe I was team. I was stuff. team. Like I think VoIP. I hate it. I hate that idea. Don't spend the development time on it. It's going to be dumb. Um, now it, that's I switched. What I meant by you were yeah, wrong. Like I that was switched a really sides. Great way of wording that. I switched <laughs> sides like a year and a half before they added VoIP. So yeah, yeah. leading up to VoIP, I was team VoIP. But there was a time where I was like, I think VoIP would be dumb. I hate it. Yeah, and and I again, I would love to be wrong. Like I would love to have this be. It's a shitty weird incoherent solution that happens to get rid of 85 percent yeah it's the equivalent of you i've run into maybe two like tos level even though I, i'm not worried about getting banned because that's not how the tos works but yeah. like two people that have said some racist shit over voip out of the thousand great things cool if you've gotten rid of 80 percent of the cheaters and rmtiers then i'll be happy with it yeah. But part of the problem is, is that we can't know. We can't know. And and also, you know, philosophically, I just logically, I it doesn't follow. But I might be missing. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing. I'm basing that's, that off premises that might be flawed, wrong, or I might be missing some. That's what makes this hard. Is that at the end of the day, whatever your bias is towards BSG, whether you're a fanboy and you think everything they do is perfect, whether you're just the absolute dick on Twitter that says they're absolute lunatics or anything in between, all we can do is just take what they say at face value or not even, not even you, you don't have to believe what they say, but that's it because like by definition, them proving their work and being like, here's how we see how many cheaters it allows cheaters to circumvent those things. Right? So it's like, this is such a touchy thing because no matter what you think about it, 
the only information we're ever going to get is what they tell us. And anybody that knows business knows that you're going to want to present the more favorable information. So it's like, I'm not saying they're lying. I'm not saying it's helped. I'm not saying it's hurt. It. I'm hurt. I'm saying I have literally no idea. Nobody knows. Anybody that thinks they know, all you have is like insanely anecdotal evidence. You are one of literally hundreds of thousands of people that play this game. You just don't know. You don't know, man. You don't know. I don't know. I'm not saying I know. I'm saying that I can doubt the, you know, I, I we can say that we can doubt, you know, how efficient this might be or that there might have been better ways or yada, yada, yada. Yeah, yeah. But we don't know. Also, okay, so I want to ask you real quick, and then I know we have a few other quick things to cover, but I do you find it either interesting and or compelling that there seems to be, and maybe it's just a pattern that goes with the white, Yeah. but I always seem to be out in front of this by like two or three weeks <laughs> where I'm like, all of a sudden, all my raids feel fucking shitty and I'm dying in all these bullshit ways. Like things feel bad and sus. And then everybody's like everything feels fine for me and then two weeks later twitter blows up and all of the really skilled players are all like fucking cheaters everywhere fucking yeah. cheaters everywhere and i wonder is that like a cyclical thing is that people just feeding into it or is that you know is that kind of a canary in the mine shaft where it's indicative of trends yeah. i just wonder what happens the next time this wave would come What's it going to feel like when they make a bajillion RMT changes? Nikita, for the first time, says, we're going to make a fucking dent. This is it. And then it's business as usual again, where all yeah. of a sudden things start to feel shitty. I just wonder if, you know, like if we take a step back and five steps forward, sick. Yeah. If we take a step back and nothing, we're right back into run-throughs for sure in 2000 and fucking 16 for right sure. where it's like why is this thing in the game yeah two years from now people are going to be like why can't i drop my friend three propitols yeah you know and people are going to wonder why they won't know why and it won't make any sense because the pop-up doesn't say this is intended to prevent people for cheating to sub from dropping yeah. items for people for real money which subsidizes cheating it's just going to be another weird thing in the game that yeah. doesn't make any sense for new players or for people who forgot yep. the arbitrary reasoning. But yep. anyway. I, I, dude, I, that makes sense. I don't know. Like, it's going to be hard to tell. I mean, like, enough anecdotal, enough anecdotal evidence is still compelling. Like you're saying, like, if thousands and thousands and thousands of people all saying they're having running into cheaters, maybe there's something there. I'm interested. I never feel like I feel those things. I feel like towards the end of the... Um, I feel like towards the end of the wipes, raids get less fun, but not necessarily specifically because of cheaters, just because like nobody's playing like the percentage of people playing escape from Tarkov at the end of the wipe is low. The percentage escape from Tarkov in quotes. Yes, exactly. Escape it, from Tarkov. It becomes more the, COD, the, battlefield, yeah, whatever exa the That dude, you, you jumped right ahead. Exactly. The, the amount of people, the percentage of people playing uh, let me glue the W key to my forehead simulator increases. So mm -hmm. that's, those are the cycles I find annoying. You know, maybe they do a sale, a bunch of new players, or they do an event that brings people back. That's the wave I see. You know, when they do an event, everybody rushes back because it's interesting and the raids are super fun. And then the event yeah. dies off and it's like, everybody's just, it's like, it's Annihilator just, in chat had a good point legit player count wanes off but cheaters don't like yeah yeah 100 what you have is a bunch of people get bored 
and then you have a bunch of new players trickling in who have aren't bored they haven't played long enough to be bored and then that's now a market for rmt yes so now it's the 80 percent chads or you know 50 percent chads 50 percent non-chads turn into yeah 40 percent chads fucking 60 percent new people and cheaters so it just overall feels worse yes um yeah yeah, I don't so know. we'll I guess we'll fucking see. That's yeah, so we'll see. Um the other the other Tarkov related thing is like have you noticed did you see the whole debacle around like the flea market fee changes? Yeah. Yeah, and it's just more of the shit I hate to say it, but it's more of the shit I have been complaining about forever where oh you yeah. turned them all up? People are complaining that the fees are ridiculous. They've always been ridiculous. Yeah. They've always been fucking dog shit. Yeah. Now, was this a bug or was it intended or? It was intended. The bug was that it was displaying the new higher prices, but not charging you that. It was charging you a lower price. And then like a day later, they fixed it. Um, <laughs> um, so. so um, <laughs> God, Twitch chat, dude, I love it. I'm so glad to be back in the fucking Tarkov. Yeah, category. dude, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um Anyways, um, what were you saying? Oh, so yeah, so the changes like are very interesting because once again, I like it's a back and forth thing where it's like part of me hates because it's like you find a really rare item and you want to be able to like cash in on that really rare item. You find a taiga, they're insanely rare. You want to be able to cash in on it. And I don't want the fleet like and I don't like in general, I'm against like interfering with the market it's like if somebody wants to pay 50 50 million rubles for something let them pay 50 million rubles for something but at the same time i kind of understood it because like i just everything just gets once again so just like money focused it's all just money and value i was talking with like i was on another podcast the scav talk podcast and i was talking with those guys about like that where it's just you know i don't know i i, I don't know we can go down the rabbit hole if we wanted to but it's just it's interesting. It's more of the same. It's, it's interesting. More of the same. In general. Yeah. It was just it was an interesting thing. But like it's affected some things. Okay, so the the highlight there, the highlights were if you try and list a tiger for 10 million, it costs 12 million to list. If you try and list Axel tried to list a red key card for 50 million and the fee was 132 million. Those were the highlights. Everybody's like, this change sucks. Some of the other things though are like Intel is only like 100k on the flea market now instead of 300k because that got affected, but not. But you used to sell it for 300 with a fee of 200. No, so like all this. So well, maybe, maybe some, not Intel. But that's what I'm saying. Some things that were okay are now changed. Like some things that like used to sell Intel for 300 for a 30k fee, and now at 300 is a 200k fee. So we sell for 100 for a 30 cake fee and net so it's a net negative for all profit. the legit players and it might it might help rmt but it sucks for a but lot of people i'm not even saying rmt situation. though i'm not even saying like rmt i'm just saying like the availability of items and like things not being so prohibitive like i'm i forget rmt or cheating or whatever i'm just like interested well why did they make the change if it wasn't for rmt what's the reasoning uh, oh, I don't know. I'm, just ban them from the flea market. If you don't want people fucking yeah. selling them for a reasonable value, just ban them. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I get what you're saying. 
It's like I, what I want. I'm not know saying is I'm defending the change. I'm just saying I'm saying it's been interesting to see how it affects other things, not just the two big big ticket items that everyone was talking. Yeah, about. I just wish that they would say, "Here is the problem. Let's try to tackle the problem." Instead For sure. of I get yeah. instead of having a poorly defined problem. Like when they say RMT is a problem, being able to define and identify that is the first and most important yeah. thing to solving it. But instead, they have a vague idea of what the issues are and they cast the widest net possible. Yeah. And they're going to get you know sift through the shit and they're going to catch some good things and bad things in there and uh yeah. you know heaven forbid rando commando and chat drop this buddy 17 bitcoins and whatever and he got banned and yeah. Well, there you go. He yeah. should he should not be butthurt at me and he should <laughs> he should agree that what I want is for people like him to not be get banned. Punished, and, yeah. But not that I believe it. Um and then it looks like the animations like cool. It's just animations like oh, we'll wait until yeah. the fucking movement animation interpolation on online servers. We'll yeah. wait. We'll we yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll wait for until sure. It would be great if like yeah, and that that's was the what thing. all the characters look like. Then I'd be I it would be one of the biggest wins the game has ever seen. Ever, yeah. And that was the thing. It's like I definitely didn't want people to get ahead of themselves. Like the animations looked amazing. The ones that he tweeted looked phenomenal. It looked tight. The like backpack having physics. The fact that when he like switched the MP7 and folded it down, he held it up like his, a pistol. His feet, his feet his, didn't slide dude, across the fucking I, ground. Nobody was saying that. I was saying the same thing. We were watching a stream last night. I was like, Chad, nobody's talking about the feet. And then we were in a shoreline raid with uh, Desmond and Seal. And I was like, look at his feet. Every step, a, little, a tiny little moonwalk, every single step. And, uh, and so like these animations looked so good, but it was like, this is awesome. I'm glad they're working on this. But at the end of the day, we kind of have to figure out how it's going to feel in an online server because network has to be one of the biggest factors, right? Like they didn't code the animations that we have today where people are like jiggling back and forth. That's not part of the animation. That's got to be network related, right? No, they're moving the person horizontally based on their movement speed and they're playing a fucking dot run.mp4 yeah. is what it looks like. Ugh. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, cool. I, I, I look forward. I look forward to that. It, it, it will be completely meaningless if if it's on top of other issues. Yeah. Um, the, People will just look way cooler when they're teleporting and jittering around, which, again, isn't like that isn't a net negative. I yeah, just, but I don't I just hope that this is pairing with other network infrastructure solutions that actually make them look smooth. I was yeah. I thought the same thing, but it was just His, worth it was just worth bringing up because they it, they do look really good. I just did a translate. Oh, it's translating it from Macedonian. Okay, great job Google, because there's one word above the video that Nikita tweeted and I yeah. translate and it's tails. Yeah, I don't know. What but it, that was translated from Macedonian. So nice Google. The nice. one time it doesn't also have a did we fuck up the translation button yeah. next to it is the one time they fuck up the translation. Yep. Um. Okay, so there's that. Yeah, there's that. Okay, there's that. Uh, oh, yeah. So you know more details about that than me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, th this this was just like we don't even have to talk about it. I just didn't know how much long this was going to take, and it definitely yeah. took long enough. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> I bitched about enough things we to fill up two hours. <laughs> oh, man. 
Um, but we just wanted to take a quick second before we close out the podcast. As you can see over here, we've got a kind of new logo down in the bottom. So uh, the podcast, obviously, this is like we we talk all the time. I'm sure Veritas talks about it in his stream. I talk all the time in my stream. I just ha I have like a way surprising amount of people come in and be like, dude, we love the podcast. Like we love the podcast. Like it has meant so much to us. Like this really was just like me and Veritas. We're like, let's start a podcast. We didn't know what that was going to be. And then we did it and it really just turned into like Jesse and Veritas yell on our front porch about escape from Tarkov for two hours. And but it's the most fun hour it, of the I, fucking week. Exactly. And I'm that's bitching. the thing is that like, and weirdly what that became was like, of course we have in like the, the chat very much so tonight. And, um, like the YouTube comments, the fringe people that come in that are like, y'all, you guys just whine and complain. You don't provide any solutions. But a crazy amount of surprising amount of people of you guys have just like vibed and understood. And you guys are frustrated with the game and you guys are excited about the changes and you're excited about where it's going and like and have loved partaking in the conversation. Uh, and so the podcast has just like become this awesome thing. We're like uh, approaching 10,000 subs on YouTube. We're getting a ton of plays. People say they listen to it on the way to work. Uh, the cream cast is no, it's not officially over. That's not what this is leading toward. Um, so uh, we've partnered with a company called uh, Prediction, Prediction, and they're kind of like a podcast network, and they're just going to help us kind of like with certain things. You might see um, some sponsorships for the podcast and stuff like that coming, which we've actually we might, we talked. We might make a dollar from the podcast. Yeah, yeah, we've actually talked about that way in the past, and then never did any. Like we were like, hey, we, we you know we might try and do some sponsorships. Um, we did two ads, I think, on like two episodes. Yeah, yeah. We, and on Anchor specifically, we did a few. Um, but but basically, like the podcast is not changing at all. It's still Jesse and Veritas doing whatever we want to do, which is most of the time complaining about the game for two hours. <laughs> and like, you know what I mean? It's it's not at the end of the day, the podcast is going to be exactly the same. We've talked about this for a long time, but we think that partnering with Prediction uh, it's just going to be a cool opportunity to potentially a just like get the podcast out to more people and b you know help us you know what I mean like I've got you know Veritas has got a wife and a lot of stuff going on I've got a wife and two kids and you know help us potentially monetize this a little bit but like I know it's at this point I don't even know if it means anything anymore because everybody says it but like this is us this is our thing this is our community and we're not going to take sponsorships we don't like just like and that's the thing. The reason you should believe us that we're going to uphold the integrity of the podcast is because both Veranos and I are at the size where if we were willing to sacrifice our integrity for money, we would have done so on our streams. You yeah. know what I mean? Like we get emails all the time. Like I got, I got one of the, I, I felt like I entered another echelon because I got a gambling thing. They were like, people like, we'll pay you all this money. You know, can you enter this poker tournament and do this thing? And I was like, absolutely and, and, and not. Like, <laughs> A lot of times they'll give you the money to gamble with and pay you. And back in the day, they'd rig all the fucking yeah. results for you and whatever. That's a whole different ballgame. Yeah. But yeah. So that's what this logo is. We are really excited. We're super thankful for them. To, they reached out and this has been conversations been behind the scene for like a month or two now. They're excited to just help and be a part. We're excited to be a part of the network. So that's what that logo means. It's, it's going to be basically exactly the same podcast. And so just... We wanted to A, define that, B, be transparent with you guys. And uh, yeah, that's what that means. Fucking pog. Pog. Yeah, and I think the last thing you were talking about, how often people come in and say, you know, all these nice things. Even though I've been 
for the last three or four weeks, you know, in Trackmania land. Yeah. Uh, still have a bunch of people coming by. And a lot of people, way more than I expected, have been coming by being like, I wanted to check out what you've been talking about with Trackmania. And I will tell you that 98% of the people that do are like, this isn't what I expected. This is the sickest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. And then a week later, they're like, fuck you. I'm addicted to this game. It's amazing. Yep. Uh, so I invite more people to come by and check it out. Check out some Trackmania. Because uh, it's so fucking good. And it's free. Like, God damn it, dude. That's so sick. Dude, I, I enjoy just watching you vibe it. It's like, it's even calming to watch because it's just like this repetition. There's music. It's good vibes. It's good conversations. You're ripping through this track and it's like, it's just kind of fun to vibe to. So I start crashing into a wall. I start crashing into a wall. It's like Tarkov, except you don't lose anything yeah. when, you, when you die and the respawn is... A fraction of a second. Yeah, yeah, literally a fraction of a second, and it makes it when you get on that good run like a pog moment. Like every, you, it's like the collective when you get like three quarters of the way through the track and you're gonna finish in a good time. The collective, everybody's like, "Oh, is this it?" Like <laughs> lean everybody up in wait, the chair. Wait. <laughs> yep, dude, it's it's a everybody speed shut run. up, <laughs> dude. Honestly, like what I loved about speed running is condensed into there's a hundred thousand tracks, and actually, this is something that I want to talk about next week and i'm gonna put in on the notes is talking about how um community generated content is huge mm. if, if bsg stopped adding content to the game now and they didn't wipe in six yeah. months the game would be quote unquote dead yeah and it would just slowly peter off with little people coming in or whatever Trackmania, they don't have to do fucking anything yeah because Every day, there's a thousand new maps that are created by the people, and they're every one of them is fucking amazing, top tier. So that's why I ten, I promise you, ten years from now, people will still be playing this game. And the reason why I know is because the fucking last Trackmania Nations Forever came out ten years ago, and there's still thousands of people playing the game. Yep. Um, even though every world record is impossible to beat, there's still people doing 10,000 attempts to grind for that thousandth of a second, yep. you know, whatever. Yep. So I, I, I want to talk a little bit more about for sure. community, community generated, generated content. content and how it could be fucking, um, not to mention the replay system. I sent you some of those fucking videos, dude. I've been, I've been busting them out. I'm working on a little mini documentary about <sighs> Trackmania. One of the reps from Ubisoft, because Ubisoft. Um, I don't know if they bought Nadeo. Nadeo is the people that made Trackmania. Okay. A French company. And I, they, they're with Ubisoft now. Um, or Ubisoft, I think it's, it's yeah, called. Yeah, I don't even know. Um, and, like, someone came in and was like, yo, I'm, like, a representative That's who happens so to sick. also be one of the best in the world. Her name is Phoebe. And, yeah, she's fucking unbelievable. And she was like, let me know. I, I can give you questions about the physics system. Let me know. I can connect you to... All these, like, it's a fucking rad community. That's so sick. Yeah, so I want to talk a little bit. Even though people get butthurt, I think it's still taking, like, 10 or 15 minutes 100%. to talk about it next week. For sure, for sure, 100%. Uh, so, yeah. So that's, yeah, that's uh, the Creamcast. That's the Creamcast, episode 103. So, yeah, thanks for hanging with us, guys. Um, I think that's it. There is another Tarkov event happening. There's raiders on Lighthouse, raiders and rogues. No, they don't fight, which sucks. Um, I'm gonna role play like I would in Tarkov and not go there. And not go there, yes. Perfect. In real life, yep. I would not go there. Yep, yep, dude. True RP. 
And uh, yeah, so we'll see. Well, I mean, nothing, nothing happening. Events every weekend, it feels like. We'll see. But uh, thanks for hanging with us. Thanks for the good discussion. And uh, this will be live. It's Saturday, right? Oh, my God, what day it is. So this will be live on Monday on all the places and all the platforms. Thanks for hanging. We'll definitely see you all on the next one. Peace.